Uh, and so trying to put yourself back into the shoes of a teenager when you're a parent as mm-hmm. a coach mm-hmm. is really helpful. At least for me, it has been. And to be honest, the hardest part for me as a, a parent personally has been going from cop to, to coach. Yeah. Uh, because I still want to say like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And and maybe not even give them a, an explanation. It's just like, don't be dumb. Just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but as a coach, you have to shift into like, hey, have you seen this done this way? Or have you ever considered this? And so you're starting to give them a little more like technique, a mm-hmm. little more advice versus like the answer. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am sitting down with Mike Branton right now, and we're going to talk about Next Gen. So if you don't know Mike, Mike, hello. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks. Uh, Mike is in charge of all of our student team for all of our campuses at Sun Valley, and you've been on this journey of really your whole ministry career of researching, studying this generation and generations that are coming up and and understanding what makes each generation unique. And so, Mike, kind of teach us what are some things that you're learning? Because I'm guessing there's some parents out there going, yeah, please help me understand my child better. Yes. Well, there's two sides to that, right? So I have been doing that. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, as well as I'm entering into parenting teenagers in my own home. And yep. so I'm experiencing it firsthand as well. <laughs> it's, it's one thing to study it and <laughs> right. be like, oh, I understand these concepts. I know all the answers. Yeah, I, I get, you know, cognitively what's going on with my kid and chemically and all the different things happening in their body and all that. But then when they're in your home, like yeah. it's one thing to study a textbook. It's another thing to have a kid like all of a sudden mouth off at you. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. You're breaking the norms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is not what I expected. All right. So tell us everything we need to know about Gen Z. Uh, Yeah, Gen Z. Well, I thought um, I would start off talking about like the number one things for Gen Z. Sure. Right. Uh, And the crazy thing is over multiple generations, right? Like boomers, millennials, uh, Gen Gen Y, Gen Z. And yeah, we always forget about Alpha. Gen X. Chad always likes to bring that up. Like, how come nobody ever talks about us? (laughs) Sorry, man. Right. Um, One thing has actually stayed consistent as like the primary influence in every generation. Mm-hmm. And it's the parent. Yeah, The parent is always the number one influence in a teenager's life. No and matter how they act or yep. what they think or feel about it, it still is. Now, for some parents listening, that's a huge relief. They're like, okay, good. I still have influence <laughs> in the life of my child. Uh, for some parents, they're like, oh, man, I'm the number one influence in the life of my child. And it's the yeah. opposite. It's yeah. like, oh, this is... That, that's a big responsibility. That's overwhelming. Or you, you're making yourself a little nervous right now. Absolutely. All right. So for the, the parent that's going, okay, I'm watching the friends that my kid is choosing mm. and, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit nervous. What, what would you say to that parent? So let's get specific in this yeah. scenario here as we're talking about parenting. Well, let's be real and take a little bit of pressure off of that statement mm-hmm. uh, of you being the number one influence. Your, your kid still has free will. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's not going to change either. Um, Jesus was perfect. And even one of his disciples was like, I'm going to stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even if you were the perfect parent, your kid still has free will. Yeah. Uh, so that should well, be a sigh of relief to all of us. And if you if you look at the very first pages of the Bible, God, who is the perfect parent, who creates Adam and Eve in paradise, perfect environment. Yeah. So you have the perfect parent, perfect environment, and yet they rebelled. Yeah. And uh, and that free will one, thing. Just this one rule. <laughs> yeah. This free will <laughs> thing. Uh, it's it's as a parent, it's one of the most frustrating things because you watch kids make choices. 
just go, man, I know where that choice leads. I yeah. know where, where this is headed. And you want to stop them. But sometimes kids just make that choice and they learn the hard way. Right. As opposed to learning from all of our mistakes, they, they experience it themselves. Yeah. And I think one of the goals that we should have as parents is no matter where we're at right now uh, with our teenager or with our newborn, like one of the goals as a parent is even though I'm not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. I want to be there. Mm-hmm. I want to be there when it's good, when it's bad, when they're afraid, when they don't want to call, they can still call, they can still come home. Like we still want to be around. Yeah. And so putting things in place to to continue to have our voice and our influence uh, long after they're even out of our home. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the parent with the kid that they, they're hanging out with their friends and the parents <laughs> going, man, I see the friends you hang out with. And we know that we, we become the average of the people we spend the most time with, right? And yes. so we're watching our kids going, oh, I don't know about those friends. What advice would you give to that parent going, these friends are a bad influence on my kid? Yeah. Uh, usually rules without relationship equal rebellion. Mm-hmm. And so you got to build into the relationship so that they hear you. They mm-hmm. can they can listen, like they can audibly hear the sounds coming out of your mouth, but they're not going to, they're not going to like actively take that into account if there's not a relationship there. Mm -hmm. And so I would say there's steps along the way building up to that, that hopefully you've put in place, um, or there's ways to rebuild some of that where there's a relationship. And so then it's at at this age, it's more of like a coach Mm -hmm. really than, um, than, than dogmatically saying you can't do this. Um, cause sometimes that will result in just rebellion. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So you mentioned coach, let's, let's talk through just real quick, the different stages of parenting. Cause when the, when the child is born, it's okay. I'm caregiver. Like I'm, I'm trying to keep this child alive in spite of that child's best efforts to, you know, yes. put its finger in a socket <laughs> or whatever. Um, and, and so it's, it's caregiver. And then the next stage is where yeah. you do get a little more Okay, here are the rules. Here are the boundaries. Yes. You're jumping into like ages and stages, right? Mm-hmm. So the baby to, let's say, kindergarten is that caregiver mm-hmm. where you're doing everything for them. Uh, I would say elementary, you're working into like some some people say cop, like you're just like, no to everything. Don't uh-huh. do that. Don't do this. Don't do this. You're setting all the boundaries and the rules. Well, as soon as my kids started walking, I started putting up baby gates, right? right? So I started going, <laughs> okay, there's stairs. Like I need to, I need to have like a safe zone and there's locks and latches and all of that. I'm, I'm creating boundaries for the safety yeah. of my child. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of that cop stage. Yeah. Okay. And then you mentioned coach, yeah, which coach. is as we get into adolescence, now it's the relationship changes. And yes. so the dynamics change. Yes. And if you've ever been on a team, like that coach word, uh, you, you know, your coach cares about you mm-hmm. and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, hopefully you can say like, Hey, and, and usually a coach has played or has experience with yep. what, what the sport they're doing. So, uh, usually hopefully as a parent, you're like, I can remember back to those feelings and how I felt like everything was extreme. And, and so you're, you're coaching along and your feelings aren't getting hurt as a parent because you know that that was just a roller coaster of an emotion. Uh, and so trying to put yourself back into the shoes of a teenager when you're a parent as mm-hmm. a coach mm-hmm. is really helpful. At least for me, it has been. And to be honest, the hardest part for me as a, a parent personally has been going from cop to to coach, yeah. Uh, because I still want to say like, don't do that, mm-hmm. and and maybe not even give them a, an explanation. It's just like, don't be dumb. Just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but as a coach, you have to shift into like, hey, 
have you seen this done this way? Or have you ever considered this? And so you're starting to give them a little more like technique, a mm-hmm. little more advice versus like the answer in so and of itself. Something else that, and, and you just did it, and I think it's right on, is when you're in the cop stage, you're making definitive statements. Do this, yes. don't do this. When you're in the coach stage, you're asking questions. Mm-hmm. And the best coaches ask good questions because they're teaching players how to think, how to see things. Um, I, and I remember you know, coaches going, when you're on the sideline going, hey, what do you see right now out yeah. on the field? Yeah. And, and so when you can start to observe things and go, oh, man, well, that guy's not in the right position or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, or, oh, yeah, we should have done this in that scenario and we didn't do this. And so now they ended up with the ball and all of that. You're, you're learning how to think like the coach. Yeah. And, and so that's the, that's the shift that happens that I think some parents struggle with is, okay, now we're trying to teach our kids how to think. Cause at the end mm-hmm. of the day, um, the kids are not going to be in our homes anymore. Right. Like they are going to be adults and they yeah. are going to be out in society. And so we are preparing them yes. for that. And we so we want need... them to be functional adults, yes. like contributing adults. But I think to even go back a step and put a spiritual filter on it, mm-hmm. right? Like we can have goals inside of these stages as well for our for our kids' faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when they're really young and you're the caregiver, um, a lot of that is like see my faith, mm-hmm. like see how I see how my temper is, see how I operate, um, just like like see how I love you mm-hmm. and serve you and take care of you. Right? Um, when it comes to the cop stage, um, you're like. Uh, like teaching them to build their faith. Like you're, you're building, like you said, you're building these uh, boundaries. You're, you're, you're giving them this opportunity to build their own faith by seeing some of these things that like, yes, we do go to church. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do pray at meals. Like you're, you're, you're just, these are the things we do to build our faith. Uh, And then, but when it comes to like that teenage stage, uh, that coach stage, the spiritual filter that I would say like is a goal for your student is for them to begin to own their own faith. Yeah. And that's when they start seeing it for themselves, like mm-hmm. from the sidelines, right? Yep. When you're walking through those conversations, um, it's not necessarily now just the faith of my parents or my family. Um, and that's what we do. It, it's actually my own faith. Yeah. 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 There's this. So I'm going to confess right now as a parent, I have way underestimated my kids' ability to understand spiritual things to, mm. uh, and a lot of these little things that you're talking about, like praying before a meal or praying at bed or reading a Bible story together. And there's so many great tools out there. Um, the amount that my kids can retain, the amount they can understand and process and communicate back, mm. even when they were really little, they were in preschool and and they went to this little you know preschool where they would learn verses and memorize that. And they would memorize entire chapters of the Bible as preschoolers. Like they could, they could memorize that. And just the, the impact of these little steps, these little spiritual seeds that we're planting all along the way. And then, yeah, you're absolutely right. As they transition into that kind of teenage adolescent stage, um, there's a spiritual growth that happens. And it's just, it's a natural part of our development where when we're younger, we're going, how am I just like mom and dad? Oh, I have dad's eyes and I, I Mm. have mom's. And then there's this shift that happens in adolescence of how am I unique? How am I different from mom and dad? And in that, there's an evaluation of everything, including faith to go, is this mine? Yep. Is this mom and dad's or is this mine? And, uh, and, and so to help foster that. And so we'll get to that fourth C here in a second, but um, I want to go back to the friends thing. Okay. So parent, you have friends in the life of your kid and you're going, oh man, I don't know. 
to be able to put them in environments where they can build healthy friendships. So this is something that the church can provide. Yeah. This is something that, that, Mike, you've been working with the team, and uh, and the team's been working with great volunteers to create a culture and a space mm-hmm. where students can build connections that are healthy friendships and also healthy adults that are speaking truth and love into their yeah. lives. Talk about why that's so important, especially at this stage of adolescence. Yeah, absolutely. Our number one goal as a student ministry is to have a student be a part of a small group mm-hmm. for multiple reasons, right? But the relational uh, part is is huge uh, and it's helping them to process their own faith and beginning to own it on their own. Um, the second thing is like every coach needs an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And so it is... It is astounding to me. I, I would say the same thing over and over and over and over to my teenager. Mm-hmm. Her small group leader could say it once and be like, it's the greatest idea ever yeah. when I got only eye rolls. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, yeah, that healthy adult, like guiding them in that way too, mm-hmm. uh, is really, really foundational for them to begin to own their own faith because now it's like, oh, uh, we have a church that's supporting what the parents are wanting, mm-hmm. uh, but the student won't ever give the parent that win. Yeah. But they'll give the win to their friends. They'll give the win to to their assistant coach, their small yep. group leader. Um, and reality is you're winning parents. If that happens, you're still winning. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The goal is, is that our kids will grow up to be, you mentioned contributing adults, but also that they would love Jesus, follow Jesus. And yeah. For their whole life. That's right. Yeah. And, and so to have and, – and to do that – And if you're listening and you're an adult and you've put your faith in Jesus and you're still following Jesus, you've had people walk alongside you on the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not a solo journey that I'm just on all by myself. This is a community journey where we grow together, where we learn from one another. Um, and, And so to have that in the lives of our teenagers, to start that early, when I look at our, our staff right now, um, and, and Lord willing, they're all following Jesus, you know, and, and they're exactly what we want for our kids of like, and I'm not just saying vocationally, but just like their heart, like they genuinely want yeah. to follow Jesus. Uh, and I say, how many of you, you know, God did something in your life as a teenager and it's pretty much everybody on our staff. Yeah. And it's, there was adults in their life that saw something that spoke something into their life. And so again, this is something unique that the church has yeah. that, that we can offer now. I'll tell you this, the kids in my kids' small group, they're not perfect kids, right? Uh, but they're on a journey together. Yep. And, and the leaders aren't perfect leaders, but they're on this journey together. And I've watched my kids' faith flourish in this season in student ministry, not because of what I'm saying, but because of what these leaders are saying in their lives and yeah. what challenges uh, they've been given and the steps that they're taking and growing. And they're sharing each other's stories, like they're sharing their story in group and learning mm-hmm. how to articulate what God's done in their life. And, and I've seen my kids now like – to your point, take on this faith ownership where it is yeah. truly theirs. Yeah. And, uh, and it's been great as a parent to watch. And I want that for parents. Well, and, and uh, again, this can, this can happen at any point, right? But the number one time that a kid or student like says yes to Jesus for the first time is that 10 to 14 years of age. Mm-hmm. It's that 10, 14 window. Yep. Uh, and so if we can instill patterns or uh, like get them involved relationally in a small group, if we can get them in those environments to foster that uh, happening, that is like the number one, like you said, like our staff has all had that experience. Um, that is the number one place where people begin like their own journey mm-hmm. with Jesus. Yeah. And how much anybody who's listening right now, how much would your life be different? And maybe you experienced this, but um, may- maybe you've made some choices in life that you look back and you go, oh, man, I wish I never made that choice or that 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 derailed so many different things. 
And now imagine if you would have had somebody speaking wisdom when you were a teenager, when you were 10, when you were 14 in that window or whatever, and you had people in your life to speak truth, to help guide you, how different would your life be? When I look at, you know, a lot of the issues that we deal with as adults, um, those are actually childhood issues that we just never dealt with, yeah. <laughs> that we never worked through. Um, and, and so to have that at an early age, to change just even just a couple degrees of trajectory in a kid's life, uh, man, when you fast forward 10, 20, 30 years down the road, that is a huge change. And yeah. so if we can affect the lives of kids and students uh, for the good, um, even just in, in little ways through those relationships, the impact is massive. Yeah. And again, yeah. I want this for everybody's kid. Anybody who's listening, right. uh, I want this for your kids. I want them to have that that experience. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then do you remember uh, growing up learning about like the water cycle? Uh-huh. Like oh, it yeah. just keeps repeating and repeating. Yep. So it, the, this like parenting, the seas that we're walking through, it is almost like that, mm-hmm. right? Because the next one, if you're a parent of, of young adults mm-hmm. or uh, a graduate that's about to, to uh, move on to college um, – the the goal there for you, right, is to be a consultant. Yeah. Like you've moved from coaching them to like when they need it. Yep. They come uh, to you. They come to you. And and that's a sweet spot to be in mm-hmm. um, to, to consult from there. Now, the problem with a consultant is if I have a consultant come in, I can choose whether or not I do anything with what they say. Totally. Well, they're adults. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And so just understand that sometimes you'll give great advice that they won't take. Yes. <laughs> and yes. that's part of being a consultant. But I think the spiritual lens on that one too is, um, is that you haven't stopped mm-hmm. living like as a parent, you haven't stopped your faith journey. Mm-hmm. Like you're still following Jesus. Uh, and so the kind of the lens for that one, uh, a goal for parents is to reproduce your faith, not only in your own kid, but to keep doing that and investing it into people around you mm-hmm. uh, so that you're modeling what it looks like down the road for your young adult. Yeah. yeah. And if you're listening, you're like, I don't have a kid. I don't have a student. Um, yeah, you do. They're, it's part of our community. It's part of our yes. church that, that it really does take all of us working together. We have literally thousands of them we do. this summer going to camp. That's right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what's making that possible is the 500 plus leaders mm-hmm. that are going to camp um, yeah. that, we, that we currently have signed up. And, uh, and if you're listening to this, I don't know when this is coming out, but maybe camp hasn't happened yet. And you're like, oh, I could be involved in kids camp or whatever. Like, we'd love to have you yeah. um, to, to be one of those influences for good in the life of our kids. Okay. So cop or caregiver, cop, coach, consultant. Yeah. And, and if you do it right, mm-hmm. and if you do it right, <laughs> then you become a care receiver. Like your kids yeah. begin to take care of you when you can't function. Yep. Well, and I work with a bunch of guys that they're in that stage now where they're they're going, okay, what is my responsibility to my elderly parents who now are in need of care or whatever? And um, it, it's interesting to watch again that that cycle. Um, and Lord willing, our kids they're going to adopt this faith, mm. and and they're going to then raise another generation yeah. and another generation. Yeah, and it's going to continue. There's this. Really, man, it's it, it's something that I, I look at in the Bible, and I, I'm glad it's in there. But it's also it's very like eye opening, and it's this moment where, as Joshua is leading the people of Israel into the Promised Land, and Moses is given you know the the most important command, and that you're to talk about it all the time with your kids. You know, mm-hmm. love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Like talk about it, put it on the doorposts, all of that. Yeah, and uh, and Joshua gives this great speech, and then it says. In one generation, there arose 
you know, this, this nation who didn't know God or the things that he had done. Mm-hmm. So it's one generation away from our faith baton being dropped. Right. And, and so it's eye-opening, but it's also reassuring to go, okay, but we can pass along faith. And there are things in the Bible talking about it, making it a part of our routines. That's mm-hmm. what Moses talks about in, in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, that, that we can pass along that faith, just like well, you're talking one of about. The, one of the number one Google searched things for parents uh-huh. is there a parent probably like stressed out in the moment typing in like, I need a parent plan uh-huh. because when the kid's born, there's no manual that comes yep. with it. Right. Yep. And so there's tons of books and there's uh, the Bible and there's strategies, but I don't know how many parents literally sit down and say, what is my plan? Lots of parents sit down and say, here's my plan for retirement. Mm-hmm. Here's my, you know, my uh, like career ladder plan and yep. or here's my school plan. They, they make plans for a lot of things. They even make grocery lists, yeah. right? To plan out meals. Um, but I don't know if a lot of families or parents sit down together and say, here is my plan mm-hmm. to raise my kid. And if you your kids are older, it's not too late to come up with a plan. Mm-mm. Like it start start wherever you're at and, and understand you are the number one influence. So have a plan there. Yeah. And if you're a younger parent, maybe you're a brand new parent. Um, I, I do want to make a quick plug at all of our campuses, we have parent-child dedication classes where we help prepare, like, hey, let's come up with a plan. What's a verse that you want to speak over your child? Like, yeah. this is a life verse. And, and we'll walk alongside you and help create a plan uh, for your parenting so you are intentional. Because, man, I will say, I heard this so much when I was a parent of babies. Older people would be like, oh, it goes by so fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, enjoy it. And I was like, it doesn't feel like it's going by fast. It right. feels like it's taken forever for this kid to get out of diapers or whatever it was. <laughs> um, and now that I have two in high school, one in junior high, I'm like, hey, we're right. Mm. It does go fast. Mm-hmm. And so come up with a plan. We can help you do that. Uh, get your kids involved in, in youth ministry. Mike, thanks for your leadership with that team yeah. and creating a culture that the kids really are growing in their faith and figuring out what that looks like for themselves. Absolutely. Um, we would love to be a resource, but there's additional things out there that we would recommend mm-hmm. as a family. There is uh, an organization called Axis. Uh-huh. Uh, so Axis.org, uh, and you can log in for free and get great resources that we like stamp as Sun Valley. Like yep. these are really so good. So I subscribe. They have a they have a weekly newsletter that gives you all the updates on technology yeah. and pop culture and it's called the Culture Translator. Culture Translator. Yeah. And there's a lot of emails that when I see them, I, you know, delete, delete or whatever. And I just, I move on. I always leave that one unread until I have time to actually go through and read through it because it's so helpful in understanding this generation and and some of the things that are are going on in their life. Yeah. All right. I feel like we're just scratching the surface. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do another podcast, and we're gonna talk okay. more uh, about about this, and also about just some things for Gen Z. Um, but Mike, would you pray for parents uh, yeah. right now as we kind of wrap up this time? Absolutely. God, thank you for this amazing opportunity uh, to be parents. Um, and God, for those of us that aren't parents out there, God, I pray that you introduce uh, kids and students into their lives um, to play that assistant coach role. God, it is um, it is hard to be countercultural on on a lot of things right now. Uh, it is hard um, to let alone build our own faith sometimes, but to try to instill it into our our kids. Um, but God, like Robert mentioned, would, would this generation not be one that falls away? And would you give us wisdom and insight and perseverance um, in, in how to lead 
kids and students uh, to you and your son, Jesus, and your Holy Spirit, and God, your saving grace. Uh, We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.